0: It's Friday. You know what time it is. It's FRPC Hoops. I'm your boy Vince, and we are doing a quick podcast today, and we're going to talk about a couple things. The one thing that we are going to talk about is the uh, the rest of the draft picks. Um, there's a couple guys that we need to go over. There's a couple guys that we need to talk about, and we're going to go ahead and do that today. And then also we're going to try to see if we can shake loose a James Harden trade or whatever the case may be. Um, Keep in mind that we are – August is coming, and I kind of want to put some stuff out there so you guys know what's going on. We will return to football as of August. Wednesdays will be the day for football. Uh, It will happen every week. We will go over the week that went by, like injuries and things of that nature. Uh, key, you know, key performances, whatever, and then we will talk about like the news of the week going into the week upcoming, and then we will talk about some fantasy and we will talk about some gambling. So that is what is on the docket for uh, the next couple of weeks here. And um, I'm looking forward to it. Actually, um, let me try to fix this. This looks terrible. We got shit all over the place. All right, sorry about that, guys. So let's get into it. Let's, shall we? Let's talk about the what's going on with uh, Brooklyn Nets draft picks, and we'll start with Noah Clowney, and. The reason why I want to hit uh, these guys is because there were a couple guys that we didn't hit because of the fact that trades have not happened. So if you're looking like for Jaime Haquez and things of that nature, we kind of didn't go over those because they might be in the deal. And it would affect where what they would be doing and where they would land on the depth chart and things of that nature. So this, that's the reason for that. So it's not a, um, oh, we shorted your squad or anything like that. It's more of is this going to be the squad? Right? So with Noah Clowney, he is actually uh he was drafted by the Brooklyn Nets um 21st overall, 210 out of uh Alabama. Right? Yeah. Here's the thing with Clowney that people are gonna have to realize. Um He's extremely raw. He does have he does have an outside shot. Um, we don't know if it's going to be consistent enough to get him on the court. He's thin. Um, he does have some defensive versatility, which is great. You love to see that, especially coming out, you know, as somebody who's going to be this young. And then the thing about him is is that he kind of reminds me of Claxton already, you know? Um, If the shot comes along, this might be a completely different cat. But right now, this is a rim runner, a rim protector. He can do have some defensive versatility with, you know, sliding onto smaller people. He can move his feet. And it just depends on whether the shot comes along or not. I mean, really what it comes down to. And I was, uh, I'm impressed by him, but I don't think right now he's somebody that you can look at and go, that's part of the rotation. Now, I could be completely wrong, but from what I've seen, um, I would think right now it would be. Let's get them stronger. Let's uh, develop them. Let's see what that outside shot turns out to be. And then we go from there. So that's what I'm kind of looking at with Noah Clowney. Now, the other person that the Brooklyn Nets took was another flyer on maybe a high upside guy, a guy that has some foot issues at Duke, and that's White Whitehead. Degree Whitehead is like a six foot five, six foot six uh, guard wing combo, two hundred seventeen pounds. He was highly thought of. Like he was like in the same range as Cam Whitmore, and what I'm talking about that is before the slide, right? So Cam Whitmore kind of goes right in the same realm. As Derik Whitehead, he goes twenty, and Derik Whitehead goes twenty-two. Now, what you're getting is a super athletic guy. Um, you're getting somebody who can get to the get to the hole, get to the bucket when he is healthy. And really, with him, is this is an upside play, and you're just looking for him to get healthy. He had like a foot injury that stopped some of his workouts and things of that nature uh, during the, bra- the draft process, and that's kind of why he slid. So they got two guys that are kind of projects, and it kind of goes along with what they're trying to do, right? They're looking for high upside guys. They're looking for guys that will that fit a certain mold. If you notice anything about the Brooklyn Nets last year is that they could not get to the hole. You know They couldn't get to the bucket. They didn't have offensive creation. Now, Mikael Bridges did show some of that. Uh, we would like to see more of it. Uh, obviously, you will be now keyed on as like the guy, so it might be a little bit different, but Derek Whitehead is the type of guy that if it does all kind of click, this is a guy that can help them and be in heavy rotation minutes for years to come, but right now all we're looking at is health that's it at this point um you don't care really anything about what he does this year just get healthy and if he can play any at the back end of the season great um if he can provide you with some minutes off the bench great but if you're looking for derrick whitehead to take the nba by storm this year that's probably not going to happen Um, The other couple guys that I want to get to, and it's really weird that we haven't talked about him. I thought we did, but let's talk about uh, Derek Lively of the Dallas Mavericks. I thought we did hit on him, but I want to touch on him again. I want to make sure that the Dallas people know that we do care. Okay, okay, Derek Lively out of Duke, seven one, two thirty. 230, he struggled at Duke. Uh, he didn't find his footing till late. He showed well in the tournament. But um, it's really hard for me to see Derek Lively playing a lot this year. And the thing about it is they're going to need him. There's a need there for a rim protector in Dallas right now. Now, will he be able to do drop coverage and and, and all that sort of thing and move his feet? We're going to find out because I think they're going to have to play him. Now, unless there's another trade that comes down the line um, through the Miami and Portland deal or the Philadelphia Clipper deal or whatever else happens, there's a surprise out there. Here is another guy that is going to be counted on. And to tell you the truth, um, I think they're not going to ask a lot of him. It's like, listen, you're just going to rim, you're going to rim run and you're going to defend the paint. That's it. And we're going to try to get 24 minutes out of you. Now they do still have Maxi Cleaver. They, the Christian Wood is still out there. I don't think Christian Wood is coming back to the Dallas Mavericks at all. Uh, I think Jason Kidd has had, it's seen quite enough of Christian Wood. Um, what I would say is Dallas is putting a lot of, like, oh, we're penciling this guy in. That's a that's a risky proposition um, to have. Now, JaVale McGee is still on this team, and we'll see what he can give you. But it is really about Derek Lively, and can he show more? Than he's shown so far in summer league and also his first year at Duke. Cause right now it's not great, but there's so much potential with this kid. He he can move his feet. He did show offensive awareness when he was in high school. Now, albeit he's playing against inferior talent. But if it does click, you know, he's definitely gonna get the minutes. They're going to force feed them minutes. I don't think you should, but I think that's what's going to actually happen. And that's pretty much what they're looking at. Now, they also got another gentleman in the draft. And it was the guy that everybody was, like, loving during the draft. And that is, and I want to make sure that I get his name correct. Olivier Maxence Crocker or old Max Crocker or however you want to put it. Here's another athletic wing, big wing for them. Um, the thing with the thing with him is that he's 6'8 215 um, out of Marquette. You're looking at a kid that is going to <laughs> He jumped up significantly his junior year from his sophomore. He, yeah, Omex Proper had averaged 6.6 points a game in his sophomore year and then averaged 12.5 points a game in his junior year. So that was a significant jump. Now, uh, Marquette did play in the Big East, you know, so he did go up against, like, big-time talent as far as that's concerned. But this guy is an athlete and a defender, Um, You're not asking him to do a lot more than that. Um, He's very active. He's very handsy in the sense of in a good way, not in a bad way. Um, He's also a person that's going to give you a bunch of energy, uh, be in the passing lanes, weak side helper, those sort of things. Offensively, I think his game is limited, but here's the thing. You got Luka Doncic and you got Kyrie Irving. Uh, You got uh, Jaden Hardy. Uh, You got some guys who can put the ball in in the hoop, so you don't have to worry about that too much, and you could just allow this kid to get out there and just kind of create havoc. Now, again, here's a guy that probably should be kind of buried on the bench, but because of the fact that they do need defense desperately, in Dallas I don't know if he'll get a lot of time on the bench I'm not saying he's going to be a starter but I think there's probably 12 to 16 minute rotation minutes coming off the bench and if that's the case um and he's able to understand his role and do it it's going to be a huge boom for Dallas these are all question marks you know and I think Dallas was trying to make a trade and try to do something different and try to bring in established talent. And I just think they were not able to pull off a deal. Now, it doesn't mean that they won't be able to do that later on. Who mm-hmm. knows? But right now, this is kind of where they are. Um. And then I think that's pretty much it for the guys that we needed to hit. Um, we did talk about Ben Shepard, uh, Marcus Sasser. Uh, we did a little bit on Cubby Round. Brown. We don't have to do Jaime Hawkes. So I think that is it for the draft. First of all, what I want to say about all of these young kids, whether it's Victor Wimbayama or uh, it's uh, Omax, Omax Prosper, You know, understand that a lot of these young men, except for like Chris Murray and a couple others, are like uh, 19 years old, you know, 20 years old. Uh, You know, overtime elite, they played against a bunch of like high school guys, you know, where even in the G League, you know, you got grown men. So Scoop and C.D. Sissoko and, and people like that and Leonard Miller were. Uh, maybe challenged a little bit more physically and kind of, you know, we're kind of more suited for what they're about to walk into, right? Now we're looking at a situation where we're going to have to preach patience on these guys. Now, there are going to be some breakout performances. We'll see who they are as we go on with our coverage and podcast into the offseason. We'll probably have a, a, a segment where, we're talking about, like, who we think are the breakout stars of the 2023 draft. Um, so look forward to that as well. Now, we need to kind of talk about what's going on. And everybody's looked at it from a whole bunch of different directions as far as the uh, the trades are concerned. Because if you think for one second Harden is, is going to be playing in Philadelphia, I just I don't see it. He's already starting to pull his stuff. He's talking about let's get uncomfortable. You know, there was a there was a post, I believe, on IG where this dude is sitting with like six cheeseburgers, man, or trail burgers, as he likes to call them. Um, I am of the opinion that these trades will get done before trading camp. I am also of the opinion that we might be waiting on the Dame trade in a sense of when Jaime Jaquez Jr. becomes eligible to be traded. But I think we need to kind of reimagine it because I was looking at the teams and I was looking at the principles involved and I was looking at the packages that were being sent back to the teams that have the talent that the other teams are trying to get, i.e. Miami and the Clippers. And what I, came, what I come to find is this something that we've been saying all along. It's not going to cut it with like a two-team deal. It's not what anybody wants back. You know, like the Clippers don't feel like they need to give up a bunch of draft picks for them. Um, There's no way to really like augment the trade. Now, Something that Nico and I talked about earlier today was maybe trading Kawhi to Philadelphia for James Harden. Now, albeit Philadelphia will have to bring more to the table, right? I think it's time to kind of maybe expand it a little bit more. And I understand, realistically, Kawhi is not going anywhere. He's not leaving the Clippers. I understand that. I personally would trade them, but that's me. Um, They're trying to stack the big three, have Harden, Kawhi, and PG-13. I understand what they're trying to do. Uh, But right now, your package is not good enough for Philadelphia. Maureen will sit on this dude, no questions asked, if he doesn't get the right package. So what do you do? How do you get the right package? You have to start incorporating other teams you got to start looking at teams that maybe need something who can be on the periphery is there is there a wing glut somewhere is there a young maybe third year player that's not living up to expectations or just really it's a bad fit for the team that he's on but if i am the clippers and i am Miami, if I'm Philadelphia, if I'm Portland, I'm looking at other teams to see if I can help get this going. Because the, here's the thing, Portland's not trying to compete. And if you could kind of swing in Golden State, right? Now, albeit not saying that they need to do this, But if you can swing in Golden State, and let's say you, I don't know, there's a Jonathan Kaminga out there, right? Maybe now Miami can get their hands on Kaminga. Jaime Hawkes can stay in uh, Miami, or Kaminga can go to Miami, either way. But that's something that I would look at. And I'm not trying to trade pieces from teams or whatever, but maybe there's a way for everybody to get something. They don't feel slighted. Somebody's going to end up losing the trade because somebody always does, right? But at the end of the day, continuing to pound your head up against the wall uh, with this is all we're offering. And everybody's going, I don't want that. I can understand it. And the division thing or the conference thing doesn't bother me as much because Portland is really not trying to win right now. And if you can get a young piece that kind of fits your mold, so to speak, it would probably be a boom. And you probably can get this deal done. But it will take some imagination. And who's going to be the team that steps up? I even talked about OKC. Another team that should be thinking about getting in this is the Toronto Raptors. And the reason why I say that is because you do have some pieces that you could get off of. But I understand that you want to restock the coffers and, and all that. So I understand that you would probably want these picks to go back to you. And then is... Portland stuck on picks or are they or would they rather have maybe more young pieces to their core and maybe kind of like a young vet you know maybe somebody on their second contract like in the middle of it but uh you know still young you know still real raw not raw but you know young enough where he can relate to the young players that are in Portland that's might be something that I would look into It'd be the same thing in Philadelphia. I would try to incorporate one of these other teams. Toronto, OKC, New Orleans, Memphis. All the teams that have like a ton of dudes. Now, how does it work? How does it all get done? I don't know, man. I'm throwing stuff at the wall just like everybody else is. There's no difference. I'm no better than anybody else when it comes to this. Um... Well, what I will say is that I hope that the Clippers don't miscalculate what Daryl Morey is capable of because, again, I said this earlier, he will sit on James Harden if he has to. He will sit on him. And that doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help Joel Embiid. It doesn't help the Clippers who are trying to – especially with all the games that Kawhi missed last year and and what Paul George missed last year. These are things you're going to want to take care of to try to build some continuity going into the season. If we did not see anything last year, what we did see is we saw Denver, who has a ton of continuity. We saw Sacramento, who has a ton of continuity get to the top of the Western Conference, basically. So I'm hoping that um, there's a sense of urgency um, with these front offices to see what they want to do to move this along. And I just believe that the easiest way to do this, and I know what Brian Windhorst has said about three-team trades, it's no trade. And I usually agree with that. But when you have a lot of teams, and if you notice – Toronto's been real quiet. Other teams have kind of went to a standstill. Not saying there's a ton of free agents on the market to get, but I think there are trades that are waiting to be done once this Portland Trailblazer, Miami Heat, Clipper, Philadelphia thing gets squared away. I think there's a couple more deals out there. I don't know if Siakam is part of the deal. And like I said on the last pod, I'm not falling for the punk fake of Masai Ajiri. I'm just not going to do it anymore. Uh, Another team that I would think that maybe might want to get involved, they don't have picks, but they do have a chip. And that is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, Carl Anthony Towns is supposedly not available. Uh, but what happens if he was? Does this change the dynamic of these trades? Does Dame even go to Miami? Would they rather have Carl Anthony Towns? That would provide a lot of spacing for that Miami Heat team. Who's gonna give the package to Memphis or to Minnesota to get Carl Anthony Towns out of Minnesota? That's the other question. Because if they don't have the resources to get Dane, you know, one-on-one team trades, they don't have enough to get Carl Anthony Towns either, unless they're looking to stick somebody else in this deal. And the problem is, is they don't really have anybody else that they can stick in this deal. So then you move on to someone else, who is out there? I don't know. We just gotta figure it out, man. Like we just gotta continue to figure it out. Oh, actually, we just got some news from Shams. Hold on, let's let's read this up. Let's read this up. Let's see what's going on. Shams got some stuff. Okay, it says the league advised Liver and Goodwin that any future comments suggesting Liver will not will not fully perform the services called for uh, under his player contract in the event of a trade will be subject to discipline, as will be any similar comments by player or agents moving forward. So there you go. There it is. So the league is tired of this crap, too. So now this opens up a whole new ball game. Where the hell is Damian Lillard going? Is he even going to Miami? Who else jumps in on, on this deal? I will tell you right now, this is not the Knicks guy. Nope. This is not the Knicks guy. You you don't need an itty-bitty backcourt. Is Brooklyn in? Do they make a move? Probably not. Not for dang. Not because he's not good, because he's awesome. But the problem is, is that I think they would need a couple more pieces of the infrastructure to really get that done. They do have picks, not their own, but they do have picks. And now what it's going to take is going to be interesting. Is is Dane on the move to another contender? Is there a way that Milwaukee can get involved? The only other team that I can think of that could use Dame is like New Orleans. Now, you did definitely have to trade C.J. McCollum because you then have the same exact problem you did in Portland. But if you're in a situation where now Dame is free and you can now negotiate deals, not here's the thing. He's going to tell you behind closed doors that he only wants to go to Miami. That's what he's going to tell you. So you got to still decide that you want to roll the dice because here's the thing. The team has leverage. He still has four years left on his contract. There's no worry about, well, oh, well, you don't want to play here. We're not going to trade you. There is that. But I think all this minutiae that's going on with these teams and trying to figure this out is going to absolutely mind boggling to me that cooler heads have not prevailed. And we haven't gotten a trade yet. Is it awkward for everybody else as it is for me? All right. I hope so. Oh, here's the other thing I want to talk about. There was one other thing I want to bring up and then we can go ahead and close this out because we can go on for like 30 minutes. So it's going to be a short, short pot. But. There were people who were really upset about the Jalen Brown trade or Jalen Brown contract. Sorry, not trade. What am I doing? Super tired. Haven't had more coffee. I need more coffee. Understand what the cap is going to look like in five years. Okay. Yes, Jalen Brown could possibly be making like $70 million. But keep in mind that the, the cap is going to be like $213 million. So it's not... Yes, it's a large contract, and it might be onerous to get off of, but I don't think so. I think this is just where we are. And keep in mind, this guy's not going to make this for like another five years, four or five years, because next year's deal is still on the old deal, which is $28 mil. They didn't just rip up the contract and go, oh, now you are making $60 million. No. He plays one more year on the Rookie Fund Max, as, as a horse, and, and the guys like to call it. And then he moves into his Supermax contract because he made third team All-NBA, second team All-NBA. So with that being said, here's the other thing. The Celtics are valued at $4 billion. Dollars. Wick Grossbeck, who is the owner of the Celtics, gets a piece of that. Now, also, when expansion comes in, he gets a piece of that. Think about this. The the fees for coming into the National Basketball Association, like there's gonna be like a fee of like four bill. Four bill, not four mil, four billion dollars. That means that has to be split up with the other 30 owners. Yeah. So you're looking at about like another 130, 135 million dollars for Wake Prospect. I don't think that guy's hurting for money. And I understand some of the limitations that Jalen Browns has, but at the end of the day, what were they supposed to do? Let them walk? Not retain the asset. This is the best deal. He was, Jalen wasn't going to get a better deal anywhere else because of the fact that they can add, indeed, add that fifth year, which also brings Jalen Brown to year 31. So he still be, you know, he'll be on the closer side of his peak ending, but. It's not like you're getting this guy at age 35 and then, you know, rolling until 39 or anything like that. You're getting them. You're getting the prime years of Jalen Brown. So, I mean, before we freak out and go, oh my God, this guy should be making all this money and blah, blah, blah. And, no. I understand the, the reason for it. I definitely do. I also understand why people are a little apprehensive about giving him that money because of his playoff performance uh, last year and also because of the fact that the league has caught up to him a little bit. Well, Jalen Brown's a smart guy, and he has shown himself to be a very um, dependable postseason player. He's played like in 110 uh, playoff games and finals combined. That's crazy. It's a crazy amount of games. And where were they going to get that production from? Who's going to come in and, and, and give them that sort of production? I don't know. I don't think there was anybody really on the market for that to go down like that. So you have to take cents on the dollar with all these situations. It's just something to keep in mind. Well, before you flip out about the cap again, you know, or or the people or the money that the players are making, keep this in mind. Like your, your, your governors of the team are making way more money every year than um, Jalen Brown, and that's for sure. So with that being said, we're going to get up out of here. Enjoy your Friday. We'll be back on the air Monday. Keep in mind uh, – August is going to be different. We're going to do basketball on Monday. We're going to do football on Wednesday. And the return of the Friday conversation will also come back on Friday. Basketball is kind of not shutting down. We still got these trades out there. I honestly believe that you have to invoke another team into both of these trades, if not more. And I understand it gets messy when you get into three, four, five teams trades, but for everybody to get what they want, as far as that's concerned, i.e., Portland, i.e., Miami. If you don't have the assets, you're going to need another team to get you the assets. So keep that in mind. And if it does take three picks, Jaime Jaquez and a and a um, you know, a Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero combination of contracts or whatever, I'm not. Not like contesting that too much. You got to do what you gotta do. And we will see. Uh keep it locked on our YouTube channel. So there's Front Runner Podcast Collective. Check that out. Got a lot of clips up there. I think we have like 80-something clips up there now. Also, make sure that you are subscribing to the channel, subscribing to the podcast. Five-star ratings are very, very important. We are trying to get this off the ground and monetize it. So your contributions are welcomed and appreciated. So keep that in mind. Keep that on lock when you are going to YouTube and hitting that, smashing that like key and then hitting the subscribe button will be awesome for us. We need it and we appreciate everyone. The other thing is this uh, special uh, thanks to, Uh, The Portland Trailblazer fans out there, uh, you guys, man, we were talking about OKC and their fans the last couple weeks. Portland, man, they just absolutely destroyed a video. We put one out about Chris Murray and how Chris Murray is like the prototypical player that Dame is always kind of needed around him, and it comes at the time where Dame wants out. And Scoot Henderson is there, by the way. And I will continue to pound this into submission. You want to trade Dane Willard. You want to open up the runway as wide and long as possible for Scoot Henderson and allow him to cook and work. That's what you want. You do not want to sit around and have Dane, you know, chilling in the, you know, in training camp and then getting on the court, playing cool, that does not help the development of your of your young players. So I look for that move to to happen. I look for that move to 100% happen, and we will see. The James Harden thing is different. You got two real obstinate um, player personnel guys on either side, and Daryl Moring is a star-hunting guy. So he's giving up a star. He would like a star return. It's really not rocket science what goes on. So there's that. All right. So we can get up out of here. I want to say that uh, our guy is going to be doing spot duty for like the the rest of the month. Okay. Not just the rest of the month, but a, a 30, 35 day period here. You're going to Nico will be in and out because wedding is upon us. The 22nd of August is coming, baby. We got to get ready. We got to get locked in for this wedding. All right. We got to just go for it. So that's what we are all hyped for. And we congratulate Shannon and Nico early on that situation, getting married. Man, we we are so happy for you. FRPC is so happy for them. So he will come in. Intermediately, uh, throughout the month of August, keep in mind, we're going to go back to a basketball podcast on Monday, football podcast on Wednesday, and a Friday conversation on Friday, starting in August. Now, here's the thing with the Friday conversation. If there's huge news in football, we're probably going to cover it. If there's huge news in basketball, we're probably going to cover it, okay? So the Friday conversation will kind of come in and out as the month of August. We do think that at some point it will be a staple of what goes on on Fridays, and then we might have to record, if there's something that happens in basketball, record something on top of that, but as of right now, there's still some maneuverability with the Friday conversation. We want to get into a lot of things. We want to get into the workplace for, you know, people who are like 20 to 28. We want to talk about what are some of the social rituals out there. We want to talk about what are some of the uh, like hot things that are going on on Twitter and, and, and what you guys are into and have conversations about that. So hit me up on Twitter at FrontrunnerPC or hit Nico up at at NicoFRPC and send in some uh, thoughts. What would you like to hear on the pod when it comes to the Friday conversation? Um, Again, we're excited about football. We're ready to go. We're, like, locked in on that. You're going to see a lot of me, so it's going to be great. I'm going to be on the airwaves, and we're going to be getting it done. So, for myself, I want to thank all the listeners out there. Shouts out to Portland, Trailblazers, Rip City. I love y'all. OKC, you know y'all really doing it. And by the way, Milwaukee. Yo, y'all really been doing it. With the, uh, the situation we have with Middleton on the YouTube clip, you guys have really been crushing it. Make sure that not only are you listening to the pod, but get the clips. But if you're a clip person, if you're just listening to the clips, Come and get the pod on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Because we are here at least twice a week, and it's moving forward, it's going to be like three times a week. So, a lot of FRPC, a lot of Frontrunner Podcast Collective on the way for you. I'm excited, and you guys have a great weekend, and we will see you Monday.